Frataloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores brings you Garage Logic Podcast number 324, Feb 17, 2020. 63 degrees was the high on this day just three years ago in 2017. Mm. I don't remember that. I do. I don't remember that. 20 below on two occasions, 1903 and 1936. And uh, fellas, from here on out, you'll start seeing some 60s. The first one of the year was Feb 15, Saturday. This is Feb. And now, from the mayor's office, above the boathouse, on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Rookie on Production. Chris Reavers, Director of Social Media, John Hyde in the newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your Flashlight King, Fireworks Commissioner, and Keeper of Common Sense. Why are you looking at Your that? Mayor, just sent to me. You want to share with the rest of the class? Well, I, I just, uh, I, it was just sent to me. It's uh, something that says, former boat builder now constructs stunning wooden bathtubs. And I'm just looking at the varnish on that thing, and I I really want to just see if it's wet. Yeah. Because that guy probably does a, a very wooden good bathtub. Yeah. Former boat builder. Huh. Well, who was the former boat builder? I haven't read it. Yet. Well, I mean, might it be somebody I've heard of? I wonder. Uh, Doctor No Boat. No, it's not him. I okay. bet. <laughs> no I rescued two two birds yesterday. Oh, how so? I'm reading the paper, and all of a sudden, boom, thump, and uh, that means a bird flew into the window. So I look, and there it is. It's it dropped onto the deck below, and but you could see the musical notes sure. <laughs> circling above its <laughs> head. Stars. So I went out, and the bird was still faced towards the house. So if it did take flight, it would crash again. Yeah. So I said, "No, Mr. Haberkamp, we we got to turn you. <laughs> we got to go this. We got to go off this way." <laughs> and uh, uh, so I picked him up and turned him around. So he's faced the right away. In the meantime, his buddy's in the snow below him. Oh, he's got the musical notes going. What are these, little finches or sparrows, I wonder? I I have no idea what they are. Is there a certain... Little gray birds. Is there a certain time of the day? Because this seems to happen with regularity. Happy hour. Happy hour. Well, there's a lot of of glass. Avian happy hour. So I I get the first guy. uh, I I ignored the guy in the snow. He was was pointed the right way. Okay. So if he took off, he was going to be all right. You think he was ready. So I turned my guy around and got him launched in the right direction. And I went back to reading the paper and came back five minutes later, and my guy that I had adjusted was gone. But the guy in the snow was still there. He mm. was really puzzled. Was okay. he flopping still? No, he, he was awake, but he was a little stunned. And so I went back to reading the paper and came back again in about 10 minutes. He was gone. Ah. And no footprints around to suggest that he had become some lunch for somebody. Ah, okay. So they both, uh, see, if they hit, it, you, can, you can get them going. You, well, it all depends on how hard they hit. I, I only suppose. lose about one a year. Oof. How, I, you're, you're, I save 80 years. I was going to say, your, <laughs> your revival rate is oh, pretty it's good. A, it's fantastic. My revival rate is just to be commended. <sighs> Did that have an impact on your day then? Did uh, you have a you tend to feel, Yeah, you tend to feel a little warm about yourself. Well, sure, okay, you know, sure. Save another bird. Didn't really do anything except turn the dummy around. Got it. Because he was faced the wrong way. When you, when you said the second one was like that, all I can think of, remember in Blazing Saddles when the Waco kid was in jail? Yeah. And he wakes up. Yeah. He said, are you awake? He said, we're awake. Yep. But we're very, very puzzled. Right. <laughs> <laughs> this is President's Day. Yes. Yeah. I don't like these Monday holidays in the winter. I'm 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 opposed. Reason to celebrate. MLK Day, nothing against the MLK. I'm just saying, I don't like, you got your MLK, you got your presidents. Why don't you combine them? Have just one. You're, is it because you can't 
be outdoors and enjoy it as much as you would if well, it was in summertime? It disrupts my routine. There's no mail. You know, it's just... Uh, yeah, do you forget that sometimes and go over to the uh, the, the slot? To, Why don't you uh, pile these days up in the summer? Why don't we have Monday holidays in the summer? Yeah. I, I propose shifting MLK Day to the summer. Same with President's Day. There's no, It's not written in stone that it has to be in the dead of winter. What was Royce's big plan? He wanted Great American Day? Yeah. The day which, after the Super Bowl? Which would be the day after the Super Bowl, MLK, and the President's. Gotcha. All in one. Great American Day. Bang, bang, boom. Yeah. Did anyone watch the President and his wife... At Daytona yesterday. I did. I tuned in at 1.30 thinking naively that that's when it started. <laughs> yeah, let me give you My this then. My God. It just went on and on and on and well, on. Well, and they raced for five minutes before they postponed the thing. It resumes today at 3 o'clock. Yeah. But in any event, uh, I said the other day, he, I think he was wise to do that. Oh, yeah. And, and I said... Because the Democrats have painted themselves into into an ideology where they might be expected to look down their nose at such a thing, Patrol, uh, you know, fossil fuels, mm-hmm. fast cars, uh, Air Force jets flying overhead. Well, anyway, he shows up and they tear that beast around the track. And that was I, cool. Predictably, the New York Times uh, had a woman, Maggie. <laughs> Haberman or something. <laughs> they really yeah, criticizing it because it's it was it was political. No kidding, Sherlock. Of Everything course it was political. And the Democrats were dumb not to try to horn in on it. Because that was your America. It, I thought it was cool when they did the side by side comparison of the beast yeah. to a regular stock car. Yeah. And it gave you all the stats of the weight and everything. I thought that was cool. Well, I just uh, I thought it was very Clever of him to, and and she was wearing. Mrs. Uh, Trump was wearing a really, really nice frock, a nice summer frock. Well, I noticed that. Wow. Um, and you all, oh, you really can't beat the flyover. The flyover is. I really, think they flew over twice. I only saw it once, but okay, I wasn't watching the entire time. What do you mean just, they did it twice? I only saw it when he did the. Well, start maybe your I just saw it from a different angle. They were asking for directions. Should we go this way? <laughs> How about all of the cars that had to chase the beast? All yeah. the Chevy Suburbans yeah. with the Secret yeah. Service Secret guys Service. leaning out the window with their shotguns. <laughs> Let's follow the beast. You're reminding me. I was going to look something up. No, that would have been a fun event for a Secret Service guy to do. Let's do this and just flying around the track. Of course, it was political. It was uh, absolutely political. So she said that that took it took away. I didn't read the article. That that somehow it took away from the race. That no, that he was uh, he shouldn't be allowed to use such ac- uh, activities oh, as uh, for politics. Well, every, every, president, president, every president does that. No, but I know. But it's Trump. It's just what I predicted. Uh, it's well, Trump. It's cars. It's petroleum. Yeah. It's uh, these are the deplorables. Remember, John. These it's, are the people who have their guns and their religion. They show up for NASCAR races, and the elites just can't stand it. You know, you didn't see Bernie anywhere near there. Uh, no. No. Holy buckets, Melania. Isn't she an attractive gal? Yep. That, uh, that was the right selection, uh, First Lady. Yep. Nice little dress. There. Yep. Yep. Speaking of Bernie, guess I'm going to have to check now. Lace belt. Uh, Did you guys see Bernie? They were in Nevada, correct, over the weekend? Yeah. Uh, when he was uh, chastising, I'm assuming he was referring to Bloomberg about all these billionaires. <laughs> Bernie. Yeah. What? Come on here. Well, the Democratic Party is in complete disarray. Oh. Uh, because, you know, they've got Bloomberg on one hand. He's attempting to buy the presidency. Yep. And he can afford to. And uh, he's threatening now to bring along Hillary, who who 
so disingenuously said, well, I should never say no to serving my country. <laughs> hey, listen, you old battle axe. <laughs> right. Who are you kidding? <laughs> and then you've got Bernie, who was a flat-out communist, and it should terrify any American to think that Bernie is the answer to anything. Uh, there are many Twitter videos of him. I'm just going to pull that up. Talking about Russia? Well, do it. Okay. I'd, like the, it. I'd like the audience to hear it. The uh, Actually, finding Russia preferable to America. Regime and, after regime that's killed millions and millions of people. And that wasn't that also, I watched it also, when Russia still was, well, they still are, but yeah. when they were really oh, yes. the enemy of, of the oh, West. Oh, my and, God, this guy is terrible. He is just terrible. Yeah, he's... Uh, and, and if... if he, <laughs> So, so what the Democrats are fearful that he could get the nomination, yeah, because they don't want him any more than you do. He's an old commie. Mm-hmm. By the way, so I, I pulled it up. Uh, we knew it was modeled after the, the beast. Now I'm talking about the president's limo. Yeah, twenty two thousand pounds. Well, yeah, it's all armor Man. plated. Is it a Lincoln or a Cadillac? It's a Cadillac. It's modeled after a CT six. Yeah. But so I was, you know, you're going to get coins in the scan bucket. That's fine. But for the vehicle to be 22,000 pounds, what kind of specialized tire does that vehicle have to have? Well, maybe I can help you. Oh. Maybe I don't even have to uh, throw any coins in the bucket. Okay. <laughs> Let's start at the beginning. All right. William Howard Taft was the first president to switch from horse drawn carriages to horsepower. Yeah. This is according to Hemings, which I've been getting for 35 years, Hemings Motor News. Mm. Uh, Congress appropriated 12 grand in 1909 for the purchase of three automobiles that included a Pierce Arrow, a Baker Electric, and a steam-powered Model M from the White Motor Company of Taft's hometown of Ohio. Taft was a supporter of the automobile industry and partial to the Model M. Think of a company starting the White Motor Company today. Mm-hmm. That, that'd <laughs> go over well. The wrong, name. <laughs> the wrong name. Franklin D. Roosevelt had several private cars equipped with hand controls so he could drive them around his private properties in New York despite being partially paralyzed due to the polio infection. He was also the first president to have a car specifically designed for him when Ford created a Lincoln K Series limousine that came to be nicknamed the Sunshine Special. It featured wide doors for easy entry, rear-facing jump seats, and handles for Secret Service agents to hold on to while riding on the running boards. That's according to the White House Historical Association. Hmm. John F. Kennedy's Lincoln Continental Convertible was likely the most stylish of the presidential cars, but became the most infamous, of course, when he was assassinated in it while riding through Dallas. Officially known as SS-100X, the car was later... Redesigned with armored bodywork, a permanent roof, bulletproof glass, and served both the Johnson and Nixon administrations before being put on display at the Henry Ford Museum, where it remains today. Hmm. Did you know that? I did not know its Mm -hmm. landing place. Bill Clinton's armored Cadillac Fleetwoods were the last presidential limousines based on a production car. One currently resides in the... uh, Clinton Presidential Library in Little Rock. You'll have to wait on this till I'm done with this. We're setting it up, Stuart. One currently resides in the Clinton Presidential Library in Little Rock. Later vehicles in the White House fleet would feature sedan-style bodies on truck frames. Barack Obama's beast 
is a monster car reportedly based on a medium-duty GMC truck and fashioned to look like a Cadillac sedan. The car is believed to be capable of withstanding chemical weapons and IED assaults and also has an onboard medical kit equipped with emergency units of blood. Several are still in use in the White House pool while Trump received updated models in 2018. Uh, that doesn't tell you about the tires, but they would be probably run flat tires uh, or maybe even uh, impenetrable. Maybe you could shoot a bullet at Trump's car tire yeah. and it would bounce off. I have no idea. <clears throat> but it's just the latest in a long line of uh, heavy-duty deals. I think, I think that's all money well spent, too. That's, uh, we want our president well protected. I do have some tire information. Please. They're equipped with Goodyear Regional RHS tires that are usually reserved for medium or heavy-duty trucks. Speculated weights range from fifteen to 20,000 pounds. Wow. You mean they could be on a vehicle that weighs that much? I'm assuming that's yeah. what that yeah. means, yes. Yeah. Now, uh, Bernie, uh, did you dig up the commentary that's been going around? Uh, we are, and I'm sending it as we speak to... Uh, to Reavers. Oh, it has to be. Uh, yeah, this yeah. is from 1998, I believe. He still had hair. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and if it's from 1998. Are you going to do math? What did I say? He, he was in the House from 97 to 01, and in the Senate from. No, in the House from 91 to 07, in the Senate from 07 to present, and never accomplished anything. Which is a typical lazy commie. You know, he's mm-hmm. just embraced in the government fold there, and he's not going to do anything. He's a fraud, an absolute fraud. The tires are Kevlar reinforced. There you are. There's your answer, Reavers. So Kevlar imagine the pressure of supporting that beast and then having to still maintain the integrity to, you know, go over bumps and stuff I, like I that. I could hold up my phone and we could hear this audio. I could hold up my phone to the microphone. <laughs> Why is it taking you I 45 it. minutes? I, I was just waiting for you to pause. Well, if you, this conversation you, paused. You also realized that this is the computer that you used in the studio? <laughs> they start using this one. They just got me this one. Okay, I'll use that one. All this right. is this one's very... Old. All right, Chris. And this is uh, <laughs> this is uh, uh, Bernie Sanders. From, I believe it's 1988. Oh, 88? That, that was prior to his service <clears throat> to the U.S. government. I think it's also fair to point out that when we were in Moscow, for example, I think most of the people here also were extremely impressed by their public transportation system. The stations themselves were absolutely beautiful, uh, including many works of art, chandeliers that were beautiful. It was a very, very effective system. Also, I was impressed by the youth programs that they have, uh, their palaces of of culture for, for the young people, a whole variety of young uh, of programs for young people, and cultural programs which go far beyond what we do in this country. Uh, we went to a, a, a theater in Yaroslavl, which was absolutely beautiful, had three separate stages where cultural programs are put on by professional actors wow. and actresses, three including separate the puppeteer stages. Uh, area. And the cost, the highest price of the ticket that you can get was the equivalent of $1.50. I'm Jane Sanders, director of the youth office. And um, as, as Jim said, we're echoing each other. The, the city was beautiful. We were astounded with the openness, the optimism, the enthusiasm in, in um, the nation. We had, I think the things that struck me the most were 
the way that they dealt with, with children and with the cultural life of their community. Uh, as Howard mentioned, they put the money into public uh, facilities, and we have pal they have palaces of culture, uh, which are paid for strictly by trade union dues. And those <laughs> this would have been when he this was is, mayor this of is, Vermont, this uh, is, this Burlington. Is, but do you know what the sad reality is? This means nothing to a millennial who might be captivated by no. Bernie. Nope. This is appealing to a millennial who thinks socialism sounds good without realizing it's never worked. And for these fools to be blathering on like idiots about their culture is beyond my comprehension. He is a dreadful, dreadful cur. And uh, I don't understand it. I just don't understand how we've gotten to the point where a fellow who has done nothing with his public career is able to develop a, a sense of momentum for himself by being a communist sympathizer. Beyond my comprehension. No. Well, didn't he also back to Castro? Yeah. Uh, Cuba. He was also uh, Ortega, uh, yeah. Nicaragua. Yes, yes, he backed yes. him. Yeah. I think I can answer your question that you said you don't get it. I think that there's a certain percentage of people out there, Joe, who may, might not think the same way the four of us do in the room. Oh, think so? There's deeds. There's a hole in the sky where the tree once was. By the way, I got a lot of hate tweets about that song over the weekend. It was getting stuck in people's heads. I can't get it out of a damn you, Reavers. <laughs> I got a question about that off air, by the way. And many people, many people pointed out that if you lose a tree, there's really what results is a hole in the ground. Right. Yeah. I think John's going to yell at me. Not no, a hole I, in the not sky. Gonna, yell at not you. a hole in the sky. But the it's a hole somewhere. The tree murder song. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's tough to get out of your head. Oh, it's what uh, uh, earworm? Is that what we call it? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Uh, my uh, everyone probably has a song that gets them out of an earworm. Mine is Michelle by the Beatles. That'll do it. It gets me out of whatever earworm I'm. I'm, I'm in agreement with you. Suffering. You ever tried Michelle? Yes, it works. I, I read that somewhere, and I've tried it, and it works. Well, I don't. I stumbled upon it. I didn't know it was scientific fact. <laughs> uh, it's it's caught on. So what? Schools are done today. Uh, local government offices are closed. U of M, University of St. Thomas, is in session for school. The markets are closed. Banks, post offices, and libraries are closed. Oh, for Pete's sake. Two stories. I gotta look it up. <laughs> You're ripping through the John. Yeah, you can no. mention that the, the zoo is open. <laughs> Minnesota zoo is open. No, wait Washington now. Story. Wait now. Wait now. I have my recycling and trash pickup is tomorrow. I'll have to look up in my uh, Eureka guide no, if, if uh, President's a... Day is one of the holidays that would cause you to be delayed a day. I would think not. Well, Just go, says, to, go to their website. That'll let you know. I gotta go to the manual. I got a manual. <laughs> I got a printed. Okay. I got all the instructions. Well, what's the worst case scenario? It just sits there for a day. Well, yeah, but I. I, I... After this weekend, she's pretty full. That recycling is making a lot of clinking noise, so we want to get rid of it as soon as possible. I know the feeling. I'm checking mine right now for my home one because mine's tomorrow too, Joe. Yeah, yeah. So take I'm it gonna, out there with the wife I'm and you check. Say, Neighbors must be dumping it in our bin again. Yeah, a lot of bottles and cans. Okay. First a minute, where is it? 
I got an email uh, from uh, Rick in Stillwater. This just in. Mine will be normal tomorrow. Really? Yes. I'm hoping hoping mine will be. Okay, you'll recall that I got an email last week from a family saying that a couple of their youngsters are going to be getting ready to drive. And what was Schmel's countryside Volkswagen have for them to get them through sand. And like morons, we sat here and thought, well, maybe they live at the end of a long dirt road. It was sent by Rick from Stillwater, who writes, uh, who wrote me yesterday. Well, Mayor, in your defense, it's it's not as if Scanboy and the Dum Dums picked up on it either. <laughs> Listening to all of you approach my question about driving on sand as if it were a subject of scientific analysis was like listening to you all try to do math. <laughs> I've learned that when a joke falls flat, it's usually best to just let it die by the side of the service road of life. So I wasn't going to email you about it. Imagine my sense of vindication when my fellow GLers Brian and Kelsey came through. I'm glad we're all friends here in Gumption County. I have to admit, I got a hell of a laugh out of it. Next time I won't bother with subtly. I'll just reach for the baseball bat. Love the podcast, Rick and Stillwater. And he was, I think he is searching for a Volkswagen. That would get the kids through sand, snow, rain, sleet, hail. You got it. How about the Tiguan? The new 2020 Tiguans are on the ground and ready to go at Schmel's Countryside Volkswagen, Fiat and Alfa Romeo. The uh, uh, four motion Golf would get you through any kind of thing you want to get to. Uh, the new SUV is the Atlas, which is a bigger SUV. Okay. Volkswagen has you covered no matter what size vehicle you want, and you're dealing with a dealership that's now in its third generation, a family-owned dealership. Schmelz does not own 15 other dealerships with giant balloons and, and uh, inflated gorillas flying above the dealership. <laughs> it's a great products, great service, great people. It's on the southeast quadrant of Highway 36 and 61 in Maplewood. And uh, please do yourself a favor. Go into the showroom and look at the prices. Look at the prices on the Alfa Romeos, the Fiats, the Volkswagens, especially if you're in that uh, competitive market of looking for some German-built SUV. Uh, They've got you covered there with the Alfa Romeo. And please mention that you heard about Schmel's Countryside on the GL podcast. Cannot stop him. He'll just make a move. Joe Suchere. Following its official creation this past December, the Space Force is looking for ideas on what the members of the newest branch of the U.S. military should be called. The U.S. Space Force is looking for feedback from U.S. military space professionals on what Space Force members should be called, similar to how the Air Force refers to its members as airmen, or the Army refers refers to its members as soldiers. The Space Force wrote in a statement on its website. It continued, given the significance a name has to the identity and culture of an organization, the Space Force is taking a deliberate approach to ensure Space Force member titles and ranks appropriately convey the nature of the newest armed forces branch and the domain in which it operates. Earlier this month, Lieutenant General David Thompson, vice commander of the Space Force, said they won't be referred to as spacemen. In addition to what it calls its members, the Space Force is also asking for ideas on ranks and names for operational units, the military branch added. And Jordy notes, some people call them the Space Cowboys. I call them gangsters of love. <laughs> but oh, boom, boom, ladies and gentlemen, it took me a while to get there. That's pretty good. <laughs> Dear Mayor... 
For what it's worth, I am happily all caught up on the shows. However, I do not believe that I have captured all of the year-to-date groining nominations for 2020, something that I have kept track of since you introduced this much-needed award. This got, that got me to thinking about last year's groinies and the somewhat disorganized award process. No disrespect to the mayor, but that crack team made up of Kenny Reavers and Rookie could screw up a one-car parade. Mr. Height seemed to be too wise to be mentioned in the same (laughs) breath as the other three. Their disorganization of the process almost compromised the outcome. Luckily, the winner was so obvious that even they could not have goofed it up. Who was the 2019 Groiny winner? Was it Omer? It was the... Jesus, uh, God. (laughs) Please, God, help me. Wait, I still have them right here. I have all the sound bites. Oh, it, w- it was because we voted on that. Had to be Omar. I think it was Ilhan. I think yeah. we all said I think Ilhan. It was. Well, let's just hold on here. These nominations and awards are far too important to be left in the hands of those three. Long story longer, that got me to thinking of a better way to narrow down the winner. Nope. It was the woman who, yeah. That's a whole nother long oh, yeah. conversation yeah, right. about white privilege and things that you uh, have the privilege of doing huh. that people of color don't have the privilege of. How do I and have the privilege of white privilege? David, by virtue of being a white male, you have white privilege. Uh, Ariva, I hate to break it to (laughs) you, but you should have been better prepped. I'm black. (laughs) I will never tire of hearing that. That's the best. It's like a 911 beer, Bansley. (laughs) I have attached a 32-team single elimination bracket whereby you can seed each nomination and have them voted on head-to-head at the end. No, I'm not doing that. That's too complicated. This is Jim Wolf St. Paul. He says he'll run it. That's too complicated. Right. I think that is ripe for us to mess it up. We, Jim, so. we'd get that more fouled up than the way we're doing it. Right. We don't need any help. No. <laughs> hey, we don't need any help screwing it up. Tom Radke, the old Rads. When he got Rads. Writes, uh, knowing your love of well-made, handcrafted things, I thought of you when I happened across this YouTube video of the almost lost art of the wheelwright. Other similar videos are on YouTube. Search for them using the term Angles Coach Shop. I warn you that these videos can be... Addictive. Mm. All right. Uh, I guess that would be the art of making a wood wheel, huh? Yep. And I love Bert's email because I was wondering the same thing. But typical of a GL listener, he did the work. Okay. Thank you, uh, listeners. I'm having a roicy like gas. You are being launched backwards. Mm-hmm. Are you okay? Mm-hmm. Be ready by 1.30. <laughs> Joe, I noted this past week the Star Tribune making mention of the Antarctic high temps in the little top news sidebars. On Saturday, I thought I would actually read the article to see if I could work myself into a climate change lather. The article noted that the temperatures were taken on Seymour Island, which is in the very northern part of the continent, uh, meaning closer to us. Okay. Yeah, get it? It also is summer in the southern hemisphere. Make of that what you will. Then the article noted that the place where the temp was taken has only been doing so for 12 years. This is a sampling so small as to be inconsequential. Darn, I'm still not in a climate frenzy. Then I said to myself, self, at what latitude is this Seymour Island? Turns out it is approximately 64 degrees south. Now I thought, what is the northern latitude analog? Well, Reykjavik, Iceland, is about 64 degrees north. Turns out the record high temp there is 86 degrees set in 1939. Hmm, let's keep looking. Fairbanks, Alaska is about 64 degrees north. Record high temp there is 99 degrees set in 1919. Okay. <laughs> uh, etc. Can't find a reason to soil myself over climate change just yet, Bert. What a great point. <laughs> right. When you look at the latitudes. Huh? Huh? Uh, huh? Latitude. Huh? 
Uh, and Downing notes, Downing is the uh, is the secretary of the John Adams Society, a local group of people who get together and discuss conservative issues, mm-hmm. and they'll be doing so again this Wednesday. All are invited. Oh. 7 p.m. drinks, 7.30 debate starts. Uh, they're at Burger Moe's on 7th Street in St. Oh, Paul. Oh, Burger Moe's well. a great spot. Mm-hmm. Know it well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And their, uh, their discussion this year is, let's make voting more difficult, not easier. There you go. All right. <laughs> uh, question about that. Yeah. You said all are welcome. Yeah. Uh, drinks are at 7.30? Yeah. When does the debate begin? No, the drinks are at 7. The oh. debate's at 7.30. All right. I'll head out about 7.28. Yep. Yeah. Okay. To make it to the debate. Right. No, I, I meant you'll leave, I'll go there you'll for leave, the drinks. You'll go at 7 and leave at 7.28. Yeah, well, I, I don't you. think that's kind. I'm just I, I don't think you're being very charitable at all. I, I think you sound terrible. Uh, there are no easy answers, but there are... Okay, so that's that's happening. Uh, can we come back with Johnny Height, please? Sure. Mr. Height, yeah. certainly. Here's a man who spends hours in hardware stores, sifting through the nuts and bolts of life. Joe Souchere. Here's John Height. Thank you, Joe. St. Cloud firefighters uh, continuing to work on an early morning fire downtown. The city's fire chief, Jerry Raymond, confirming that crews had been battling a fire at the press bar and parlor since about 2.30 in the morning. Not the press bar. Uh, and, yeah, and you, you had the same reaction that our traffic guy did on Twitter. He was I'm unfamiliar upset. with the press bar. It's if if you had friends that went to St. Cloud State, yeah, you made a step at the press bar. Okay. Right? The traffic guy was very upset on Twitter. Raymond said firefighters. Where were is po- he, by the way? Uh, Carl Molden? No, Kenny. Yeah, yeah. I think he uh, he had a little incident. Okay, maybe he'll tell us about it tomorrow. Yeah. Raymond said firefighters were pulled from inside the building and are only able to battle the flames from the outside. Additionally, and uh, this is a shame, obviously, if you know the press, demolition of the bar is required, according to the chief. In other words, she's shot. Yep. In order to completely extinguish the fire, the building is considered to be a total loss. Firefighters say they think the fire started in the building's basement. So far, it has not spread to any neighboring buildings. Uh, No initial reports of injuries. Am I mistaken, John? Wasn't there another one down New Ulm Way? Wasn't there another, another bar fire? No, bar another fire. another bar fire. There was, yes. Yeah, that's I, what I thought. I don't have the info on that, but yes, there was. Man. Home goods retailer Pier 1 Import said Monday it has now filed for bankruptcy protection. We told you a couple weeks ago they're going to close a bunch of stores, about 450 stores, in fact. The company is also closing two distribution centers. There are 12 Pier 1s in Minnesota. The Fort Worth, Texas-based company, which was founded in 1962, is struggling with increased competition from budget-friendly online retailers like Wayfair. Pier 1 said it will pursue a sale with a March 23rd deadline to submit bids. A hearing is scheduled for Tuesday at the U.S. Bankruptcy Court for the Eastern District of Virginia. In the meantime, Pier 1 said lenders have committed about $256 million in debtor-in-possession financing so it can continue operations during Chapter 11 proceedings. What's their niche? Wicker stuff? Is that yeah, what pillows and uh, things of that nature. But Wicker pillows? No wicker and oh, stuff and oh. pillows and uh, gifts and so forth. I see. But what? if they're gonna if they're comparing themselves to Wayfair, Wayfair is laying off a whole bunch of people out east. They are. Yes. I thought they were killing it. Uh, no, I know somebody I'm that sorry, was recently hired oh. by Wayfair. But I should have known that he would know all about these stores. <clears throat> very trendy. Very a wicker trendy. pillow wouldn't be very comfortable. No, no, no. it really wouldn't. Uh, you know, I did this weekend though. What'd you do, Rob? I went we over go. to. Uh, Edina, or, uh, and I saw, have you seen the restoration warehouse building over there? No. Right by the tower? No. It's beautiful. 
Restoration hardware? Yes. I thought they were out of business. It's a different style. They do living rooms and bedrooms no, and I don't, bathrooms. I don't do that. No, I'm it's, not interested. They used to have cool stuff. That's where we right, got your right, cannon. Right. President Trump gave an election year embrace to NASCAR and its fans on Sunday when he became the second president ever to attend the Daytona 500. The presidential motorcade took to the track to join in a warm-up lap after he had told the crowd that the racers and their teams were competing for pure American glory. After the recitation of the opening command, gentlemen, start your engines, the president got into his black limo for a ceremonial spin around Daytona International Speedway. He had joked moments earlier in a Fox interview that while as president, he was not allowed to drive his own car. He said, I'm going to hop into one of these cars and I'm going to get into this race if possible. I love the idea. Given the honor of Grand Marshal for the race, the president gave thousands of fans a flyover of Air Force One, then rode onto the track in the presidential motorcade. Asked what it was about NASCAR that he most enjoyed, the president said, I think it's really the bravery of these people. It takes great courage. President George W. Bush, the only other president to ever appear at the race, that happened during his re-election year. Is Melania allowed to talk? She stands there statuesque-like in her frock. But she never weighs in on anything. Right. And unlike Michelle Obama, who yeah, yeah. Uh, chimed in quite a bit. Well, didn't, no, she had a big campaign. Was it bullying, an anti-bullying well, I mean, campaign? I know, I know she has her yeah. issues, but when she appears with him, she seems oh, to see. be subservient. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes we wish it was the other way around. Right. <laughs> that was rookie at garagelogic.com. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Rook, for taking <laughs> yes. a pressure off me. More than 1,100 former federal prosecutors and Justice Department officials are calling on Attorney General William Barr to step down after he intervened last week to lower the Justice Department's sentencing recommendation for Roger Stone. They also urged current government employees to report any signs of unethical behavior at the Justice Department to the agency's inspector general and to Congress. The denunciation of Barr underlined the extent of the fallout over the case of Stone, capping a week that strained the attorney general's relationship with his rank and file and with the president himself. Did you guys read the uh, St. Paul Pioneer Press Sunday paper, a story about podcasts? Did not see it. No. Yes. Uh, they were focused on uh, some local women who are developing podcasts to, to, to tell stories of people of color and mm-hmm. whatnot. But then there was a sidebar story talking about just podcasts in general. Oh. Yes. It's up to, uh, there are 840,000 podcasts. <laughs> it's wow. a It's a... It's a uh, I, I don't know what to say. It's... Because it's raw. This is the wild, wild podcasts are the wild, wild west. There's really no rules. You don't know how some well, are so... With a lot of cowboys over- falling off their horses. Right, but and then, and then you don't know how some are overwhelmingly successful. Mm-hmm. And then uh, who was the gal when you went to your convention? How many oh listeners do you have? The dog woman? Yeah, yeah she no, said a cat. Cat. She, she said twelve, and he, what did he say? Twelve hundred, twelve thousand. No, twelve. Twelve. So she's she's included in your eight. I know. I know. I should check up on the old cat podcast. See how that's going. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, you 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 mentioned eight hundred and forty thousand. But like Rook mentioned, ten thousand of them are worth listening to. Yeah. You mean like Garage Logic? Exactly. Well, table talk. I'm, I'm not trying to rip talk. anybody, but. That just because you're doing a podcast doesn't mean that anybody's listening to it. No, I just I just offered the number because I'm astonished. It's just amazing. Well, okay, what would the number of radio shows been? It would never would have been eight hundred and forty thousand at its peak in the whatever. Never, no, never. Okay. But see, how many radio shows shows were there in America at the peak of radio? Look that up and don't talk to me. 
<laughs> just, just look it up and find the answer. Raise your hand when you have when it. You're, yeah, give me a nudge when you got it. Well, if you let's just say you included both talk shows and... You know, if you were an FM jock, because mm-hmm. that's a on-air personality. I get it. Wait, but how I'm many the... radio shows were there when? Well, how how many? Uh... <laughs> I, I didn't mean to talk to you, but I needed some information. How many radio shows were there in America at the peak of radio's popularity? Oh my how God. about that? that Keep would... talking, John, because it'll take him a half hour to do this. I don't know why I'm I having do trouble it myself. spelling popularity. Yeah. From the Star Tribune, how much is a smile worth? The city of Freeport, Minnesota, is about to find out. If you travel Interstate 94, you've, of course, seen the big smiley-faced Freeport water tower. uh, Built nearly 100 years ago, the tower first got its face in the early 1970s when an unidentified local resident climbed up one night and painted it. Townspeople liked it so much, they put it on the city's official seal. Mike Eveslage is mayor of the Stearns County town. He said it took on a life of its own. That's our landmark. Honestly, he said, that's probably our claim to fame. Well, the aging tower no longer holds water. The city dedicated a new tower in 2012, and now the future of the smiley face tower is in doubt. Uh, doubt. Rust is evident on the structure, which may have affected its stability. And the city also has learned that a 2003 repainting, which was supposed to get rid of old lead and chromium-based paint, may not have done the job. City Council recently approved to spend 2500 bucks to inspect the tower and check it for hazardous chemicals. Depending on the result, the city will face a decision on whether to spend anywhere from $50,000 to $150,000 to repair the tower or tear down the nearly a century-old landmark. Where, where would I see it? On my way to, say, Alexandria? Yeah. yeah. Freeport or, is north or, of us. Or Bismarck. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I've seen it then. You've sure, seen it. I'm I've sure. Seen it. I'm sure you have. What'd you find out? Uh, that, let's see, 15,500 radio stations are in the United States. Yeah. Uh, all competing for this piece of this massive market, WTOP, a station operating out of D.C., is the largest of its kind, pulling in $68 million, mm-hmm. a Hubbard-owned property. Not what I asked, but okay. This is all they're giving us. This is all they're, so they're, they're over 15,500 radio stations well, it's in the not, United Well, it's States. not plausible that 15,000, mm-hmm. first of all, I said it at the peak of radio's popularity. They don't break it down Okay. There. It's not plausible that on 15,000 radio stations you could come up with 840,000 different shows. Probably So not. what I'm suggesting is uh, not only is podcast the way of the future, uh, it's it's just it's it is whoever said the Wild West. You're right. It's the Wild West. Okay, hundreds of Americans who have uh, been passengers on a coronavirus-stricken cruise ship in Japan landed in the U.S. Monday, including 14 people who tested positive for the virus and were allowed to join the evacuation operation at the last minute. Number of virus cases aboard the Diamond Princess ship rose to 454, about one in eight of those originally on the ship, prompting more questions about whether Japan made the outbreak worse by confining potential virus carriers. That's what I wanted to ask. In a narrow space that wasn't designed for long-term quarantine. Fourteen of those who tested positive for the uh, coronavirus were among the Americans who arrived home Monday in two chartered jets. U.S. initially had said no one with the virus would be allowed on those flights, but after people disembarked from the ship and were on their way to the airport, word arrived that 14 passengers in the group had tested positive. 
Rather than turn them back, U.S. officials decided to seat the 14 in an isolated section apart from other plane passengers, according to a joint statement by the State Department and the Department of Health and Human Services. The statement said the infected passengers did not have symptoms of the disease and would be sent to, quote, an appropriate location for continued isolation and care in the U.S. Why in God's name would you get on a cruise ship right now? I would not. Oh, I'm not sure I ever would, unless it was, uh, I would like to do one in the fjords of Norway, or maybe uh, the Great Lakes, or maybe uh, Alaska. Or, or, well, or there's <laughs> wherever there's water. But I'm not getting on one uh, with all those uh, germs. Yeah, got it. Yeah. I always thought the uh, there's music ones now that always look interesting. Blues cruises, mm-hmm. jazz cruises, uh, classic rock cruises. That would be fun. All right, Chris. How about that little uh, boat ride right through Asia? You want to get nope, the, you know, check no, that out, see no. the sites? Another problem, not just the uh, virus, but locust armies, numbering in the billions, are ravaging large portions of eastern Africa and vast stretches of the Middle East and now moving toward China. Is this the end of the world, John? I don't know. We're, we're up Starts to, with the locusts, right? Isn't there isn't a it? plague of locusts uh, foretelling the end of times? No, I thought you guys did the bid on... Uh, what was the bit? The island? Leprosy? Leprosy. Leper, Leper Island. Leper yeah. Island. Yeah. <laughs> the locust armies are unprecedented in size and scope. Are, are locusts essentially grasshoppers? But they're big, right? Right, they're big. So, but they're, yeah. are, I bet they're in the grasshopper family. I'll find Probably. out. Uh, even if the plague ended right now, millions of people would still be facing a devastating famine in the months ahead. The locusts, get this, you ready? Yeah. Travel in swarms up to 40 miles wide. Oh, each one can eat the equivalent of its own body weight every day, and the swarms can travel close to 100 miles in a 24-hour period. This is causing havoc among uh, all kinds of fields in uh, Africa. It's a serious problem. Some of the largest swarms are actually bigger than any city on the entire planet. When they arrive in an area, they start going to work immediately. It's being reported that some farms in Kenya were devoured in as little as 30 seconds. I, I, I have a solution that Flame. I that I don't offer facetiously. Flamethrowers. Okay. Can you eat them? Gross. Well, I, I, Google I'm, it. I'm not gonna I, I, I I found your information. <clears throat> Locusts are a collection of certain species of short-horned grasshoppers yeah. in the family Arthridae that have a swarming phase. These insects are usually solitary, but under certain circumstances, they become more abundant and change their behavior and habits, becoming gregarious. End of the world. Hey, how are you? Coronavirus panic and African locust plague spark Bible apocalypse fears. The end of world of the end of the world is upon us as coronavirus and an apocalyptic locust plague and the conflict between Iran and the U.S. fulfills the prophecy for Jesus' second coming, according to what an UK tabloid. Is that uh, that's the Express in okay. UK? The Express, right. yep. of course. Yes. I used to when I was a kid. I loved grasshoppers. I don't know why. You know what? The more I think about it, I've rarely seen them lately. Not like when we were kids, right? right. I right. agree completely. Not like yeah. your birds. I mean, you have a... The one thing, the one thing I, I did acknowledge, I'm, I'm not panic-stricken. I told you guys this last summer. Uh, it's a right of uh, living in Minnesota to drive up to the lake and back, right? Wherever yeah. the lake is. Sure, sure. And when you get home, your car is covered in bugs. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's not happening. And I, I, I'm not panicked. You don't wish I'm it not panicked. Happen. But I, I did uh, uh, I admit to that observation. I remember us discussing that last yeah. summer. Yeah. And I disputed it because when I'm driving to a town baseball game, 
You know, you're out in the in the rural part of the state. You're getting bugs. Oh, I get a ton of bugs. Good, good. That makes yeah. you feel better. Yeah. Uh, speaking, thanks for bringing up Birds Rook. Uh, they're yeah. having a problem in California in the city of Amsterdam. The crows. Oh. They make uh, daytime blacker than night. Thousands <clears throat> roosting in the trees around the city hall there, and having to park your vehicle under them. That leads to some problems. Yeah. City engineer Mike Clark said, honestly, I can't describe the disrupt, uh, this disruption in polite terms. In very specific terms, they poop all over the place. The land and trees around Amsterdam City Hall have long had a problem with roosting crows. At least 18,000 and perhaps more are what? believed to be currently living on the property. I wonder why. I wonder why there. Clark said he thinks there could be as many as tens of thousands of the crows living around the home of the city's government between the months of November and April. He said, I've had people tell me their grandfathers called the area Crows Hill, so I guess it's been going on for a long time. Hmm. City officials said the sheer volume and frequency of the birds' droppings prompted them to seek assistance from the federal government to remove the birds. Clark said it's on cars. If you arrive or leave at the wrong time, it's on people. It's an unfortunate and disturbing event for employees. Uh, Starting on Tuesday of this week at about 4.30 in the afternoon and continuing until 8 p.m., a team of U.S. Department of Ag wildlife biologists wearing yellow vests will be using two vehicles to deploy a barrage of non-lethal harassment methods to encourage the birds to move. Just fire shotguns into the air. They'll take off. Or a big scarecrow. They will use laser beams, loud pyrotechnics, so kind of loud, you know, shots, spotlights, and amplified crow distress calls. Deputy, Those crows are going to be really mad. <laughs> Deputy Mayor James Martusello, who serves as Fifth Ward Alderman, said the city decided to invest about eight grand in an agreement with the USDA for the federal agency to provide the crow disbursement service. He says he thinks it will be well worth the money. Uh, they have used other things in the past. The problem is the crows move, but they only move about 50 yards away, so they have the same problem. Plus, they they're not stupid. Right. They'll say, watch this. We they, just don't, they don't fall for right, this BS. Right. Ken Pricer, a USDA supervising biologist, will lead the effort to disperse the crows. He said, while they are protected under the Migratory Bird Treaty Act, non-lethal means are acceptable for getting them to move. And he says he's used these methods in other cities. That's fantastic news, John. Uh, I hope they solve that problem. Yes, me too. Uh, I wonder where Amsterdam, California is. I don't know. Well, we'll, we'll look it up, up right during now. this time. Oh, wait, did I say California? Yeah. It's New York. Oh, Amsterdam, New I'm York. Sorry. That Close makes more enough. sense. My bad. University of Garage Logic 98, College of Self Esteem, zip, nada, nothing. Here's Joe Souchere. Are we in agreement? Are we in agreement that uh, for the most part, news gathering institutions are in the hysteria business? Yes. Oh, that, yes. Sure. Is that too much? Is that too much well, of a statement? I think Maybe, we're in unanimous. Except for Johnny. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I've noticed, I meant to mention this Friday, and I have another example today. Once in a while, they follow up. They they provide a means to understand that the world is not as desperate as they generally portray okay. it. Okay. And what got me thinking of that was last Friday, they had a picture of a vendor in Kabul, Afghanistan, selling balloon hearts for Valentine's oh. Day. Balloon hearts. Okay, okay. no, stop and yeah. just think about that for a minute. What is the only thing you think of 
when you hear Kabul, Afghanistan. Uh, bad zoo. Or car bombs, yeah, or yeah, uh, total destruction, right. De- uh, demolition. No, no organized society. Nothing. Yes, it's yes. just uh, here's a guy selling Valentine's balloons on the corner. But which suggests to me that yeah, there pretty- is some semblance in Kabul of normalcy. Not not as not the kind of normalcy yeah. you, you'd want. But can't both things be true? Don't dispute some, me here. I got a point I'm trying He's to make. Sorry. Well, I got it's, I got something from six days ago. Suicide attack in Kabul. Yeah, <laughs> kills yeah. six people. Right. Oh. And so, in, injures so, twelve. Okay, so yes, it, it, it's, <laughs> I appreciate it, guys. I, I'm trying to roll with you no, here, boss. I had so this I on the service yeah, road of life. I had I this. It. I yeah. had this on the service road of life, uh, and I come in here and you morons and try to knock me off my game I'm all the time. Sorry. So my point being, my point being, and it it also occurred to me. Uh, remember when there was much conflict in Bosnia? Sure. sure. Once in a while, the New York Times would screw up and show you a cafe scene in in Bosnia where people are sitting outside and it's sunny and they're mm-hmm. drinking coffee or whatever. All right. You're wondering where I'm going with this? Yeah. Yeah. So you're going. There's some sense of normalcy in Kabul. Well, again, if, if you know, if car bombs are a real present danger, I guess my, my point was uh, it goes against the grain of selling me your hysteria to also oh. provide me a picture of a guy selling balloon hearts for Valentine's yeah. Day. I, I got another one for you, Joe. Yep. Afghan youth turned to snowboarding for thrills. There it huh? is. Come See on. Huh? Snowboards? Kids in, kids in Baghdad last week playing in the snow, which is so rare they came out to frolic in the yeah, snow. Nice. It's so rare. I found another one. Yep. <laughs> Nine homeless drug users shot dead. Oh. Where? <laughs> Where? Kabul. Kabul? Kabul. Well, thanks a lot. Okay. Uh, so we're getting back to some normal. Were they holding balloons? No, They're made of hearts? No word on the heart no? balloons. No. Uh, this is my fault because I know what I'm trying to say and I'm saying it poorly. <laughs> so this is all on me. I can't but re- the- I can't explain, but in my head I know... I know what you're th- what you're saying. Well, what 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 ultimately led to this was a story today I clipped out. I normally would not. I'm not a wine person. I don't like wine. I rarely yeah. I rarely drink wine. I know nothing about wine. Mm-hmm. I don't collect it. I I don't know one good wine from a bad wine. But when you think of uh, wine, it seems to me that if I went back and did the research, I could probably find you some stories that say, well, there's a grape shortage because of drought. or, or hmm. The price of wine is slated to drop this year due to an excess supply of grapes, ultimately giving wine connoisseurs something to raise a glass to. Experts at a recent winemakers conference say the large crop supply will force distributors to offer discounts across the board due to growers producing large crops of quality grapes according to uh, ABC News. Over recent years, the California grape farmers have faced a problem of too much supply, a problem that has been highlighted in Allied Grape Growers' 2020 winter report on the wine industry. The industry is facing a demand problem more so than a supply problem, the report explained. Simultaneously, we have pointed out that regardless of the origin of the problem, the end result is the same, market imbalance ultimately manifesting itself as too many grapes. How could there be too many grapes when all the news we got out of California over the last 18 months has been the state burned down? Right. Everything was on fire. Ooh, ooh, 
You in the back. Horshack. <laughs> Climate change. Too many grapes. No. 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 What? Our current oversupply in California and Washington isn't due to speculative overplanting. It's due to the wine industry's growing miss in not providing customers what they want. Based on the industry's current results, making great wine isn't good enough for the consumer today. We are increasingly missing the mark on consumer expectations in our result. Uh, shows that overall wine consumption among Americans is on the decline, according to the Wall Street Journal, citing a study by Alcoholic Beverage Analytics Database, IWSR, which found that Americans consumed less wine in 2019, ending the consistent rise in consumption since 1994. Well, that's not the case in my home. Well, again, I have no horse in this race except to note that you're, you're, we have been so schooled in thinking the worst about everything. Yes. Uh, every once in a while you get a story that the world will run out of coffee. Well, no, it's not. Uh, the world's going to run out of bananas. No, there's, there's, we got, we got, we got them. You can get a banana. world's going to run out of wine because the state of California burned down. There's no more grapes. No, there's too many grapes. Yeah. Well, and you do have a horse in the race. You eat grapes with your lunch. I love grapes. Every day. Love grapes. Every day. Yeah. Every damn day. And the tartar, the better. The more tart, oh, the no, better. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, no, sweet. that's the, that's the, no, that's, sweet. that's the, that's tart is what, uh, that's what gets in there and seedless? plays Pac-Man with all the junk in your arteries. You like seedless? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah you gotta I like, go seedless. I like a seedless I grape. Like anyway, I don't know if I made a point there or not, but, but uh, <laughs> we are, we are treated every day to the, for the most part, that the world is... In such disarray that there's no normalcy anywhere, that that everything is upended, and only to discover a guy is selling balloon hearts in Kabul, yeah. and now there's too many grapes for the wine, and and the whole deal. So it all kind of comes together, I guess. Yeah, right at the end there. Yeah. Um, just another. Oh, you're on point. Another fun fact. I mean, since we're doing um, a lot of research in my extensive research. Uh, looking at Kabul. Well, you don't want a listener to beat it, beat you to it. Right, right. And I don't want anybody to beat me to this. But right now, currently, there are 150 radio stations broadcasting um, in Kabul. Wow. Uh, in wow. Afghanistan. Um, really? Radio Kabul is the official radio station of <laughs> Afghanistan. So if you, I don't know. Is that know, at the peak? Yeah, they're listening to the old, uh, what, the wireless? The wireless. The old wireless in, uh, in Kabul. And give me a... Um, let me give me a little cartoon bubble of that uh, of that family gathered around the old Kabul uh, family stereo. Well, no, what are you seeing? I'm seeing a plastic uh, AM FM radio. Okay, for, yeah. uh, something maybe Wards would have put out in the mid '70s. Okay, yeah, <laughs> and, and it's uh, uh, it's got fingerprints all over it, and it's it's been. Uh, it's been mishandled. Buttons are only two dials. Two dials. Two dials. Okay. dials. You got a rabbit on that? The antenna? Yes, yes. The, uh, the, the antenna is up, and it's bent. And it's, what's it? It's, it's been bent for a long time. What's it playing right now? Uh, some sort of terrible flute music. <laughs> I think you're right. I, or would it be or a sitar or yeah, something. Yeah. Would it be grease stained like the old yes, neighbor? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And... and uh, 
And there's great there's great fights in the living room about what they're going to listen right, to. Right, right. The soccer game, or yeah, we yeah. need to do the uh, yeah. you know the the music, the religious music. Yeah. Probably not garage. I wonder if there's a Kabul version of Garage Logic I, out there. I, I, I doubt it. But that that common man. sense and death to America. <laughs> That's a long way from a guy selling balloon hearts. It really is. For, really, but is. we got there. Uh, and they get grapes now. Yep. <laughs> okay. The latest uh, people disqualified from ever lecturing us about climate change would be John Legend and his wife Chrissy Teigen. The most annoying couple. They're big on the. They're big Greta supporters, oh. and they love the. They love the hysteria, and uh, well, on Valentine's Day, Valentine's Day, Day, they uh, they just chartered just for the two of them a private jet to fly them 500 miles from Beverly Hills to a French laundry restaurant in Yountville, California, and then they sent out pictures <laughs> of themselves uh, on the plane. And uh, setting themselves up, of course, for to be wow. accused of ridiculous hypocrisy, which they are to be accused of. Uh, and he's always on the Twitter uh, praising young climate activists for uh, alerting us to the fact that the world is right. in danger. And uh, only to discover that really what they mean is that climate change is for you peasants. Right. Yeah. Well, we're we're going to continue to fly ah, privately and, and well, take a sense. hop on a private jet if we want to go have dinner. And uh, so, uh, you peasants, uh, you're not a celebrity, so therefore, we can lecture you about this. Because we're trying to make the world safe for our celebrity status, and we don't want to lose that. So if that means the rest of you have to uh, live like Pedro Luca in a cave, that's fine with us. (laughs) Because we're we're celebrities, we're important people, and we don't have to uh, abide by that which we admonish you. And it's a shame because he's a pretty talented musician. But, Very, yeah. But she is insufferable. Yeah. Well, he uh, unfortunately I know about either of them. Well, I know he exists. I don't know her. Unfortunately, he's become insufferable it, too. Yes. I, I was following him for a while. And I just stopped because it, it, it was became impossible. too much. I'm I'm 100 agree. He's a fabulous with you, songwriter, fabulous yep. singer, fabulous piano player, but great live performer. And I love his music, but I cannot listen to him talk about anything. Yes. Nothing. And it, you're right. It's directly it's because of his marriage to her. That's why. What what it, what is she a singer? No, she's a model, model right? and she's but an she activist. Kind of. She really she's just, does. She tries too hard. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Uh, well, this was just sent out in the Twitter world, and uh, we don't have to discuss it. But just I want you to picture this. Uh, this was sent out by somebody named Darb, and it just says some great beers, the airport beer, the kitchen beer while she's getting ready. <laughs> The Hotel Balcony 7 p.m. Oh, beer. That's oh, yeah. The that's best. a good one. That's a good one. Oh, I get what he's doing here. The yeah. straight to the pub from work beer. Yeah. I've never done that except I did go to one happy hour. You got happy. <laughs> yeah. The Sunday afternoon beer garden beer. Yep. Yeah, well. Yep. <laughs> and this is probably the best one. The Friday before Christmas beer, oh. but he has that in parentheses with an S. I can add some. <laughs> yes. Let's add some to this. Sure. Okay. I, I can, can add too. some to this. I can too. My favorite beer. Is the Saturday 5 p.m. beer? Oh wow, yeah, five. Yep. You might be waiting to go out to dinner, yep. or or but it's the end of the week, and it, that's one of my favorites. How about the shower beer? Shower beer is pretty good. Got to yep. have a shower yep. beer on a hot summer Boom. day. I love the that's kitchen fun. beer while she gets ready. Oh yeah, because yeah. that yeah. turns into at least two. I, uh, I saving like, money. And this turns into an argument at my house. Uh, but if we're going to cook on the grill, yeah, the I grill beer. To, oh. I love to open a, a beer and just. 
stand around for a little while be- before I start cooking or get to the food. And everybody's going, can we eat? Yeah. Well, well, no, just relax. No, you got to have the grill. Somebody yeah, has exactly. added. I should have added these three. Darb says it again. The stood at the barbecue turning the sausages beer. Oh, that's yeah. right. Yeah. That's right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the train beer. I'm, I, I'm not familiar train with that. Beer, if you're yeah. on a train, I guess, maybe. Um, but then. I disagree, by the way, with the airport beer. Uh, not to sound like a complete dork, yep. but drinking on a plane will just really dry you out. Well, I think they mean when you're stopping at, you know, before you hop on board the well, plane. Uh, okay. Well, I like, well, I don't like to confuse the two because I like having the airport <laughs> beer and then the in-flight beer. So don't confuse do. those two. Yeah. Those are two different beers. But here's one of the best. The I've mowed the lawn and it looks glorious. Oh, That's wonderful. Yeah. You can just smell the wonderful. Oh my it's a God. accomplishment. Yes. Sit on the bench right in front of my lawn and look at it and drink my beer yeah. after I cut it. Well, I like the grilling beer too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Especially yeah. if Damn. you're grilling the meat. Oh, mm-hmm. look at what you did. From Grunhoffers. From, from Grunhoffers <laughs> Old Fashioned Meats, the north end of Hugo on Highway 61. Are you kidding me? That's, you know. That could be its own class, the Grunhofer beer. Yeah, I've had I've had many the of the Grunhofer beer. beer. You have yes. one before you go up, and one when you get home. <laughs> <laughs> and one in the parking lot. Right, exactly. One hundred and thirty different flavors of pork brats, lean pork brats, which must be grilled, not boiled. Double smoked ham, thick cut bacon, ribeye burgers, rookie burgers, smoked salmon, all manner of jerky, 14 kinds of summer sausage, pre-made, oven-ready meatloaf, also a new new beer cheese brat, pork beer cheese, cheese curds, bacon, green onion, cheddar cheese, all of it just fantastic. As Grunhofer's has grown into the meat palace and favorite meat destination, of garage logicians everywhere, including those who think nothing of making 550-mile road trips to load the to load the Tahoe with meat mm-hmm. and head back to Lincoln, Nebraska, or, or or wherever they may hail from. Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats at the north end of Hugo on Highway 61. You can't miss it. Truth, justice, and the suzerain. John, I'm going to share your uh, news hour with this. Okay. Because I'm alarmed. A porn film oh. was shot inside a public library Saw that. when it was open and included a woman exposing herself outside a grade school. Mm-hmm. Now, wasn't it last week that we had a porn film shot in a gas station? Yes. Yep. And now it's in a library in Santa Monica, California. According to KCBS-TV, scenes for the purportedly amateur video were shot in the library on the city streets and more. The outlet reported that footage from the film also features a female exposing herself outside of a local elementary school. KCBS reported that the film, about 10 minutes in length, features a woman exposing herself in various public places and also engaging in sex acts in the library during business hours. The woman in the video, according to those at KCBS who have seen it, boasts about not getting caught during the illicit behaviors. Hmm. Janet McLaughlin, one of the library's neighbors, expressed her disgust to the station. God forbid a child walked in the library and walked right in on the middle of it. That's my biggest concern, she said. Children don't need to be exposed to this. If you want to do porn, stick to the hotels. McLaughlin said that Santa Monica officials were made aware of the video. She added that authorities told her the act was simply a misdemeanor. Unless they witness it themselves, there is nothing they can do about it, McLaughlin stated. McLaughlin is the uh, 
the concerned neighbor. She later added that things of this nature should never happen, especially when it comes to children. We have to have laws to stop them from doing things that puts children in harm's way. I have an observation about this. Uh, reporting isn't what it used to be. Uh, particularly television reports are very thin. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't tell me the librarians didn't give this a wink and a nod. I think librarians are at the forefront Ooh, of the mystery. Did not see that coming. They're, out of that well, film. they're already encouraging. Uh, not that there's any relationship specifically between a porn film and a, a drag queen display, but these libraries are just at the forefront of welcoming drag queens to come in and read books to kids. Mm-hmm. And now here you have these uh, so-called amateurs are going to use the library as part of their f- a porn film. You can't tell me that uh, the librarians weren't aware of this. I'm not. I'm not buying the fact that they okay. didn't know this was taking place. Huh? That's my take on this. Boy, it's, that's awfully cynical. But you yeah, might be really, right. That's my take on this because librarians are at the forefront of the mystery, and as far been, as I'm concerned. Have been for a yeah, while. Yeah, they're 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 frontline soldiers in bringing the mystery about. Hmm. And and for for uh, for these people to get away with this in the library, you can't tell me somebody didn't know. That's not plausible. Unless the Santa Monica Library is so massive that they were off in some well, and you would think you'd have to stack be somewhere, bringing in a bunch of equipment. How yeah. was that not noticed? Well, I suppose in today's technological world, you could film a porn video on your phone. On your phone, yeah, I'm sure that's all they did. Yeah, I mean that, that's how I do it. That was right. <laughs> that's how it's all. I mean, did you ask that question during sports way. talk? What? Can I look that up on my phone? I can't remember what I was looking up. <laughs> What are you talking about? You had asked Patrick. Yeah. There was a news a news item, I believe, yeah. much yeah. similar to the one that you just read. Oh. And then you had asked if that's something that you could look up on your phone. Well, last week it was a gas station. That's an embarrassment to gasoline. And this week it's a library. That's an embarrassment to books, although the libraries are really getting away from books. Mm-hmm. It's CDs and videos and computers and tablets and iPads. And, uh, uh, <laughs> and in here in St. Paul, of course, you have no... Late fees. You have no That's reason, right. no reason to worry about bringing anything back because you've been excused of that, because you are being treated less than. Would a hundred and four thousand square feet be big? It'd be pretty big, that's right? A big yeah, that's, that's, right. that's how big it is. The library. I'm still not yeah. buying that. That this was just something these these uh, mischief makers pulled off. Right. Mischief makers. That's very very polite way to put it. It is. It's almost too kind, isn't it? (laughs) Especially if they're going to involve children. They ought to be ashamed of themselves. But in the decline of moral and ethical integrity, what we're also losing is a sense of shame. It's, it's, It's just not there. It's just not there. Would you like to see my Dewey Decimal? No. I don't no, know what that is. That's an opening line to the. Yeah. When's the last time you've been in a library? I've been very bad. I have some overdue books. <laughs> I bet you've says, never been in a library. I've never been in the James J. Hill Reference Library. That's, a, that's criminal because I, I, it's gorgeous. If not, I have not else. avoided it. I just I don't know why I haven't. And now it's going to close. What are they going to do with it? Wait a minute, condos? How, you've never been in a library. <clears throat> I've been in a library. No, you haven't. Outside of a school library, I bet you've never been in a library. I have, but not to do any research or anything, just kind of messing around. Just to use the computer. Have you gone in to look for books or at books? Or? Nah, nah. Never? I went to the Highland Library as a kid. But go never to Burger King, get something to eat, and then go mess around in the library. <laughs> I didn't go read a book. That's, uh, that boggles my what mind. About, what do you have Tom Slater's that checked out today? It boggles my mind, Rick. <laughs> I'm in the Anoka County Tom? Library 10 times a year, at least. 
Don't tell me you rent CDs and movies. I don't rent CDs and okay. movies. I've rented books. Okay, I don't that's think they, okay. They, we don't really call it renting, though, in, in the library. What do you do? What do they well, uh, check them out? Does half-price books, does that count? That's, yeah, that's kind of a library. No, been in that's there. Not that does a, not count. A couple it's books not a uh, been in there. I think I read the Pearl. In fact, there. I give my books to the library rather than take them to Half Price Books. Oh, know? really? Because Half Price Books is the worst deal in town for people trying to sell a book. Well, it's a great deal if you're trying to buy a book. Well, no, well, that's just it. I I will bring mine there just so that they don't go to waste. Well, I bring mine to the library and then create a tax deduction for myself. Oh, that's that's a good idea. I can bring five hundred dollars worth of books to Half Price Books, and they say, "Well, give us your name." Yeah. We'll call you in a little bit. And you wander around and look at books, and 12 minutes later, Joe, and you go up to the counter, and they'll say, we'll give you $9.50. Yeah. Here's a store you credit for hell $9.50. With you. <laughs> I'd rather take them to the library. Uh-huh. There you yeah, go. I agree. I and agree. they give you a little sheet and everything that you were, you know, that you were there, and you... Do they have it. concessions at the library? Or no, there's pretty, no concessions. Maybe that's why. Well, they, they have pop and stuff at mine. Water, pop. You know what they don't have at the library? What? Paint. When I left today, my oldest daughter was painting her room, and she was complaining about having to paint the trim. But you know where she went to get her paint? I'd kick her out of the house. Fratelloni's Ace Hardware. And I hope stores. so. Yep. She got the they little foam brushes. They have a great paint department. Yeah, they do. Yes, they they, they do. Uh, pride themselves on it. Mm-hmm. And when Matthew worked there, he said people come in nonstop in the Grand Avenue store to get paint and I, uh, specialize. Mm-hmm. I worked at the Faribault Ace Hardware, which was not a Fratelloni's, but that was my favorite part of the job. Yep. But, but and what, I, mixing paint. Oh, I loved mixing paint. Yeah, I'm it's an art it. form. Yep. It's so much fun. Got a lot of fumes when you were doing that. Oh yeah. But no. So when I when we moved into our new house, that's I went to the Eden Prairie Fratelloni's, and that's where I got my paint. All right. Okay, that's a great story. I was just compelling and rich. There we go. So people are painting. Okay, we're all painting. All right. Are we done? I think so. I think we're done today. Not quite. Got to get ready for Monday Night Sports Talk. That's Monday it. Night Sports Talk <laughs> podcast version. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I'm feeling the vibe. Pod MN. Go to Pod MN on your app store on your phone and download the Pod MN app so you can receive all the Minnesota podcasts you would like. Fret Club, Garage Logic, Table Talk with Rookie's Family. All waiting for you right there. If you want to go on the line of the computer, go to podmn.com. It's super easy and it will make it convenient for you to describe to all of them, as well as getting notifications that a new podcast has dropped. Like today, you probably got one for Table Talk. You'll get one from Garage Logic in just a couple of minutes. GarageLogic.com if you want to poke around at some of the older podcasts. So let's take a light. Take a light, brother. On this post, Happy Valentine's Day.